0: This is a Marketing for Learning podcast, the only podcast in the world that's guaranteed to increase your knowledge, skills and capabilities when it comes to marketing for learning. Plus, there's a gratuitous amount of pineapples. You're welcome. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Marketing for Learning podcast. Apologies that there's been a slight break in episodes for a couple of weeks. We've just taken a bit of time off over the August and summer period uh, just to collect our thoughts, ideas, and have a bit of R&R. So thanks for your patience with us. Uh, We hope that you also had wonderful summer holidays um, and are enjoying the change in seasons so, today I am here talking to you guys uh, through a session that I did last week at Learning Live. Um, Mass was really lucky enough to have a stand there, um, which we gave away lots of unnecessary pineapple paraphernalia. And I also did a session on the second day where I talked through marketing essentials and the six skills to accelerate success. I want to talk to you guys about the same subject matter so I'm going to talk through the presentation and the reason I'm doing that is sometimes we focus on such specific skills in marketing like how we write a better email or you know we've honed in on personas or the value prop canvas and actually... The skill of a marketer is is really broad and deep, and there are a lot of components to marketing that maybe you don't think of. There are some things that you'll obviously uh, recognize, but these are essentially, if I was to sit and recommend to anybody wanting to start to do marketing for learning, these are the six skills that I think would be a really important starting point. And so those skills are essentially mindset. Copywriting, data interpretation, commercially focused design, and resilience. And the reason I'm talking about this today is because, well, the reason you guys probably listen to the podcast is that you know you just don't have these skills in marketing, and it is a pretty universal problem in learning and development. Um, A recent Mind Tools report highlighted that not even thirty percent of entry level L and D teams have marketing and communication skills. I will put the link into the show notes to that report. It's a great read, by the way. Um, And also the LPI capability map, which has been going on since 2018, I believe, um, repeatedly highlights L&D's strength of skills and the weakest skills that they have. And unfortunately, marketing and communications comes bottom of the table every year. Hashtag sadness. So great that you listen to the podcast, you're eager to upskill yourself, but what does that look like? Where should you be focusing your energy and attention? Where should you start if you really aren't sure how to kind of start this marketing journey? So let's start with mindset. We've talked a lot about this in the past and whenever I work with a client, regardless of the size of engagement, you always see this drastic shift in their thought process and attitudes towards their learners after working with me and Ham. And that's because their mindset has changed. And essentially what marketers do that us in L&D aren't always the best at is thinking about our learners as people, as human beings, and treating them as such. Um, You know, understanding that it is genuinely our job to engage with them, that they are not necessarily intrinsically motivated to learn Most people don't have this innate burning desire to learn. I mean, God, you guys work in L&D and I bet you're not waking up every day thinking, I cannot wait to learn something new. So our marketing mindset starts with understanding who our audience is. And yes, of course, developing personas and things like that is great. We need to go beyond the job title. We need to go beyond learning requirements. You know, I've seen plenty of great learner personas that are very detailed and focus on learning requirements They're absolutely useless from a marketing perspective. So you need to deepen your understanding and what your audience actually wants and needs in order to learn and focus on trying to meet those needs. You know, ultimately, you know, as a marketer, it's your job to influence and persuade. And that is a drastic shift in mindset that needs to happen in L&D. Hopefully most of you who listen to this have already made that switch um, and the pennies dropped for you but if you haven't go and listen to our episode on the what's in it for me. Um, I'm sure me and Han are probably sick to death of me and Han mentioning the what's in it for me but it's such a great starting point for us to actually challenge our own approaches and start to think genuinely about our learners and you know walk a hundred miles in their shoes. The second one is being more commercially focused, and unfortunately, I just don't see LD d being particularly commercially focused, whereas marketers are pretty much expected to prove impact and substantiate ROI in their efforts in, in pretty much everything they do. So if something that marketing does doesn't generate ROI, doesn't generate business bottom line results... Um, they're probably not going to get to do it again, and so you know that ha- having the pressure to prove that what you're doing is worthwhile is something that marketers are just very well versed in doing, and therefore you know we're very focused on data and very very driven to be where our learners are and get those results. That doesn't happen so much for us in L and D, um, sadly. A lot of people and a lot of businesses still just treat us like a cost center, a transactional compliance powerhouse that is just there to dole out compliance and mandatory training to people um, or as a service to the business in a much more operational way than I'm sure most of us would aspire to be. On top of that, we haven't up to now really had to prove that what we're doing is working Hence our over-reliance on things like smile sheets and bums on seats and learning hours and, you know, all these things can show a, a level of interest slash engagement with your learning, but it doesn't really give you much insight into whether things are working, whether you know, learning is actually impacting performance and if that impact on performance is indeed impacting business outcomes. So we're not really doing any kind of work on evidencing that what we're doing is working, whether from a marketing comms perspective or from uh, an actual learning perspective. So in order to be more commercially focused, I've kind of broken it down into four key areas that I think we would do very, very well to focus more on. The first one is making sure that we are aligned with business goals. Now that doesn't mean that we're using business goals to motivate our learners, but it does mean that our learning is directly correlated to what the business is trying to achieve. So really it's kind of why we do what we're doing um, and knowing that we can only accomplish those business goals if we put the learner at the heart of everything. This means this kind of feeds into the two other points, which are more about being performance oriented and stop stopping that kind of self-service or training requests or environment where people across the business are coming to L&D and saying, I need some training or learning on X, Y and Z and we just do it we need to start focusing a little bit more on developing professional curiosity and asking why, why do we need that? Is that something that we actually need? What are you trying to achieve with that piece of learning? Because actually maybe there's something else that's more useful or relevant um, for you that's more aligned to the business goals. So again, those things very, very much tie together, making sure that any learning or opportunity learning experience that we do create is perfectly aligned to business goals. So, you now being more confident and pushing back, saying no, going, ah, you know, that's not really uh, relevant to the overarching strat. We're not going to do that. And you didn't hear it from me, but sometimes uh, not asking for permission and apologizing later is a really great tactic to disrupt and get change. Another big piece of that, obviously, is being more partnered with the business. So I see L&D working quite a lot in silos. Sometimes people functions will collaborate together such as talent, HR and L&D, um, but some of the most successful L&D teams that I've seen actually work to build relationships beyond a specific need, so i.e. you're not approaching your internal comms team only when you want to send an email out. You're actually trying to work more strategically with them across business goals, um, aligning your communications and generally just building relationships with them outside of a specific need. I've found that that is an incredible differentiator for highly successful L&D teams. And the last thing that helps us be commercially focused is Moving beyond that single program or intervention, right? So having a more big picture view, not only when it comes to your learning strategy, but your marketing strategy that sits underneath that. What are you actually trying to achieve? What are your overarching strategies and approaches? How do you actually get wider business stakeholders engaged in that vision? You know, again, business partnering will play a massive role in that. But we need to zoom out sometimes and not just focus on these single kind of program experiences and look at the overarching experience for our learners. What other stakeholders we need involved and engaged in order to actually make that happen. And so, you know, all that bundles together to create a learning function that is definitely more focused on business goals and aligning itself to the business needs and requirements and therefore being much more commercially focused. The third skill is probably no surprise to you guys, and that is, of course, copywriting. Um, it is such an underrated skill, and it's something that we all do so much. We write all the time, you know, course descriptions, communications, and everything in between. But I still see so much poorly thought out communications, email marketing, and social posts, and the such like. So, again you know, whilst this isn't a session on copywriting, it's really important that you do genuinely think about your audience when you write. Think about what it is that you're trying to achieve and think about the fact that really effective copywriting should be moving people towards action. So we're, ta- we're not talking about communications here, we're talking about marketing influencing persuading ev- evoking an action or emotion not just communicating so good copywriting should be moving people to action it should be almost seen and felt as a conversation between you and a single other person that you know that kind of one to one personalized discourse that we know a lot of our audiences are very hungry for It should always be focused on selling outcomes and values, i.e. the what's in it for me. We shouldn't be focusing on our learning products. We shouldn't be ever be sending out emails saying, hey, this new thing is here and you should do it. You know, those emails are are not worth the paper they're written on, even though they're not written on paper. You know, if you're not going to write something that is actually focused on the value to the recipient, they're not going to do anything that you want them to. Good copywriting ultimately aims to influence and persuade through words. I absolutely love this quote by Robert Collier. Decide the effect you want to produce in your reader. So when I started there and I said, you know, what's your, what's your goal? You know, what are you trying to achieve? Another lovely quote I love here. Your job is not to write Copy. Your job is to know your audience so well that you understand the situation they're in now, where they'd like to be, and exactly how your solution can and will get them to their ideal self. Great quote. You know, copywriting is so powerful. It has the potential to genuinely get people's butts a-moving, but you have to make sure that you're thinking about all those points that I just covered around moving people to action, focusing on the what's in it for me, outcomes and value, and really focusing on, um, influencing and persuading. And we do have a copywriting module in the masterclass. Um, and I I'm not sure if we've actually done a module on copywriting or a a podcast episode. So I'll have a look at that. And if we haven't done a podcast episode, I'll just do one on copywriting because I think it's probably quite useful for you guys. The fourth skill is design skills. Um, Any of you guys who listen to me in hand know that we are passionate about Canva. Um, You know, we're not affiliates, they don't pay us or anything, but it was transformational for me as a marketer when I worked in-house and had to always rely on graphic designers in order to get anything created. And then Canva mooched along and life was suddenly different. Um, And again, kind of like copywriting, I just don't see a huge amount of care and attention being put into how we create stunning visuals what those look like what does good design look like um and really again if you don't put the emphasis and energy into good design you're missing an opportunity because good design helps to further communicate your message you know if you're if your text align with your imagery there's something really fantastic there that creates a really coherent message for your audience Of course, good design is going to help to establish and compound your learning brand, even if you don't have a brand per se, i.e. a logo, a color palette, a tagline, whatever it might be. People are still developing their own sentiments and ideas about what your brand is and, you know, really that is more of what makes a brand in my opinion anyways, it's the hearts and minds of people. So do you want to own that narrative? You know, do you want to either just have some crummy stock photography that isn't really very relevant for anybody? Or do you want to have a consistent, coherent message that sits across all of your visual? You know, that's the difference. Good design helps to drive emotional connections and of course make better first impressions. Super important. You know, we want people to have the confidence in transacting with us. We want them to believe that, if they engage with our learning, it's going to be worthwhile. If you have poorly written, poorly designed emails and communications that are coming out to people that might give them the impression that that's the experience they're going to have with your learning. So, you know, again, it isn't just as simple as, oh, we found a photo. Let's use that. It's, you know, it's more about making yourself look good and presenting your best self as much as possible. Number five, I kind of alluded to this earlier um, about our kind of inability or uh, reluctance to leverage data. A key skill for me is data interpretation. How do you know if your marketing communications efforts is effective? Do you have any idea how performance is impacted by the learning that you're delivering? Are you using data to analyze and improve performance of your efforts in L&D? Data is so important. It helps us do better by learning more about what works and what doesn't, which is probably, in my opinion, the bigger piece of the pie, anywho, and allowing us to iterate and improve over time. According to McKinsey, companies using data to optimize their marketing and sales operations are 23 times more likely to acquire customers and six times more likely to retain them. Data is incredibly powerful, but first you have to get the information. Um, you know, we encourage all of our clients to benchmark and actually draw that line in the sand and say, okay, where are we now? How do you know where you get to? If you don't know where you've been, what distance have you traveled? What's the progress been?" you know, this data is so important. And as I said, marketers are obsessed with data because it gives us so much insight into our audience's behavior. um, And it just genuinely allows us to, you know, ensure that the ROI is going to be met on our marketing efforts. They use it in a range of ways, you know, deepening understanding of audiences, determining what channels, tone of voice, imagery and colors are more effective at meeting goals. Um, As I said, understanding the behavior of audiences, making sure that they're making customer-centric decisions in their efforts and being confident in that decision-making process, and of course progressively improve their approaches over time, meaning that hopefully the ROI continues to improve and improve and improve. If you're not getting even basic data on your learner's behavior and the impact of your communications, I strongly recommend that you do because otherwise you're genuinely just working in the dark you have no real insight into what's working and I think you know this is this is the shift that we need actually you know we should want to understand how we're working or how we're failing or not because we can only get better if we have that information and that goes back to that marketer's mindset you know and the last one whilst not uniquely a marketing skill is resilience being prepared to fail being prepared to adapt being constantly prepared for change. I mean, my goodness, if the last three or four years have taught us anything, it's that we can't always predict how things are going to change and how the world around us will evolve. We have to be in a position to be able to react to situations and, and be confident and comfortable and relaxed and calm in spite of change. Um, it's not a marketing skill, but it's, you know, marketing. Digital marketing has had to adapt so much as things have changed. I mean, blindly, you know, the introduction of the internet alone was so disruptive for marketing. Um, key traits that I think are really worth developing being more proactive instead of just reactive, you know, having space for adaptability is super important. Preempting change developing future skills such as this, such as marketing, to ensure that L&D is kept relevant. Uh, you know, I, I've I've said a couple of times on this podcast, you know, I, I, I fear if we don't start proving our value as a learning function, we do run the risk of becoming amalgamated with other functions and becoming some sort of, you know, robust people function of which L&D sits within. We need to stay relevant. We need our skills to evolve. And we also need to start proving the value of learning. We have to focus on being more scalable and sustainable. You know, what can we build that's reusable repurposed evergreen using data to adapt and evolve data led, not data driven. Um, and you know, maybe accepting that sometimes the old ways of doing things just don't work anymore. You know, this is a really, really important thing. And I think, you know, if you wanna summarize all of this, essentially what we want to be as marketers is proactive, disruptive, curious, welcoming failure failure, data informed, you know, willing to experiment, go about that curiosity piece, um more ROI focused and commercially astute, more driven to be aligned to the business. Um Because essentially, you know, these six skills are, like I said, one of so many different marketing capabilities, but they, in my opinion, are the key places that we should be starting. So that is evolving your mindset, thinking more like a marketer, treating your people like people, answering the what's in it for me. Being more commercially focused and aligning ourselves to the business, partnering more effectively with the business, having the gumption to push back, developing our skills in writing to influence and persuade rather than just communicate, building design and pictures and and, uh, assets that are striking and beautiful, but also tell a story and connect further with your audiences, using data to Better align ourselves to the business to prove value to substantiate what we're saying that we are of value but also to more deeply understand whether our efforts are doing anything whether they're having any impact whether our comms is working whether our marketing is working really important and last but not least preparing for change being more resilient having the capability to actually withstand constant adjustment and change these are super power skills for marketing and I strongly recommend each and every one of you spend some time understanding how to best start developing these skills thanks for your time thanks for listening to this session as I said uh, this was presented last week at learning live um, I have adapted it a little bit because some some things don't really. Make sense to you guys if I say like why we should be doing marketing for learning. I hope after around 60 episodes you kind of understand that one. Um, But yeah, I, you know, got some great feedback from the session. This is a good place to start if, um, you know, you like the idea of marketing but you're not really sure how to kind of start making that happen. Start looking at some of these key areas. I will put a range of resources in the show notes that link to some of these skills and areas where we have provided educational content and resources, Um, but there still are some areas that you can go and look at yourself as well. So on behalf of me and Han, uh, I think you have a lovely episode from both of us dropping next week. Thanks so much for your time, energy, attention, dedication, consistency, and for showing up for us every single time we do a podcast. I nearly said every week, but given we haven't done one for four, that would be a lie. Thanks very much, guys. Have a great, great day. Bye.